The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. And welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell, and we're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to send me an email, exxon at exxonradiotv.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. To find out about the Exxon Radio TV show on the Exxon Broadcast Network and the other fine broadcast shows that we have available for you 24-7-365, visit www.xzbn.net. And for the Exxon TV channel, visit www.simultv.com and in the search engine on the top of the page, type in Exxon. My guest this hour is Wayne Perry, and Wayne is an internationally recognized as a leading authority on sound therapy, and uh, he is in much demand as a seminar presenter. He's also the publisher of, uh, the published author, I should say, of Sound Medicine. This popular and informative book has been distributed worldwide through New Page Books, rated mostly five stars on Amazon. Now, Wayne has been applying the diagnostic and therapeutic principles of sound healing and subtle energy to his practice as founder and director of the, the-, the Sound Therapy Center of Los Angeles, which he established in 1992. This was the first sound healing facility of its kind in Southern California to offer private services, workshops, toning groups, and sound therapy products. At STCLA, Wayne has a private practice as a sound therapist and vibrational healer where his specialty is using diagnostic voice analysis and the profound therapeutic capabilities of the human voice toward optimal health and wellness. Joining me now from Los Angeles, California, is Wayne Perry. And Wayne, welcome to the Exxon. Thank you, Rob. Good to be here. Great having you with us, Wayne. Tell us a little bit about your history and background experience and how you actually got into uh, sound therapy, sound medicine. It's a fascinating topic. Yeah, it was kind of through the back door. I was actually doing what you're doing. I was hosting a radio show in Los Angeles on KCLA, Mm. and I was... uh, uh, started as just an announcer at midnight on the weekends, and then I developed my own show on Friday night and uh, had a few different shows I was hosting and producing. I was uh, the music and film critic. I had an interview show. I was doing a music show. And, uh, you know, I, and the show that I kind of was my favorite was the interview show because mm-hmm. 
I've always been into personal growth and metaphysics and cutting edge stuff, you know, on the, uh, you know, leading edge of personal growth and uh, advancement. And so I, with that show, I was pre-interviewing people in my living room, you know, channelers, psychics, healers, you know, and to separate the wheat from the chaff and the people that really were worthwhile and interesting and had something valid to share and say, I would have on my show. And I was like a kid in a candy store. I just, it was kind of my favorite show. And then I, after, you know, two years of doing that show, I had the founder of bioacoustics. Uh, bioacoustics, by the way, is the study of the frequencies that emanate from living organisms. <clears throat> and she was the founder from Ohio and had her on the show uh, actually twice. And we kind of became friends. And uh, then when I took my show to television, I had her as a guest on my TV show as well. And she invited me to participate in her first training in California. I was, uh, you know, a little hesitant at first, but it was so fascinating, the sound therapy. I was, I was kind of actually skeptical at first until I watched these videos of people being healed from mm-hmm. severe illnesses, cancer and severe environmental al- allergies and, and uh, terminal illnesses. And it, it kind of really uh, sort of blew my mind. I wanted to know more about it. And uh, through having her on the show and becoming friends, I got uh, insights into it. And then I wound up being one of the 17 participants in her training in California and Culver City. And it was so mind-blowing and eye-opening that uh, I went to Phoenix two months later and did the training again because there was so much to wrap my mind around, like the frequencies of the periodic table, for instance, and a lot of stuff like that. It was just a lot to retain. But after the second time, I knew this was too profound to pass up because when I was in college in Chicago, I remember reading a number of Edgar Cayce's books. And one of the things he said around 1952 is sound will be the medicine of the future. And I was thinking to myself, you know, the future is now. I I really Mm -hmm. see this as the medicine of the future. And I I wound up subsequently canceling all the radio shows I was involved with. I just stuck with Heart Touch. It was a Heart Touch with Wayne Perry was the interview show. I just kept that show and uh, and did my sound work for free for people initially. I just printed up some brochures and business cards and I would do friends and family, anybody that was willing to be a guinea pig. And uh, in a matter of no time, I started seeing the results people were getting. And uh, I... Uh, <clears throat> started uh, working on recording my first CD on sound healing. And uh, and it was a real uphill climb. Even with the CD out, people would laugh and say, oh, yeah, your sound and your, your voice and mm-hmm. your music is going to heal my tumor or my arthritis. And nobody really took it seriously. And most people just kind of laughed about it. And it was, it was quite a, a struggle initially the first couple of years until I had... Uh, uh, one of the first great testimonials I had from my first recording, the Cosmic Choir, uh, was a lady, a professor at a university who was scheduled to have uh, uh, her leg amputated at the Oof. knee and had gangrene. And I get a letter from her saying that she listened over and over again to the Cosmic Choir and it seemed to stop the growth of the gangrene mm-hmm. and she didn't have to have her leg amputated. And she wrote me this long, loving, ecstatic letter and it kind of blew my mind. That was the first really strong uh, testimonial I got. I mean, other than 
local personal people sure. I was working with. And that sort of was the beginning of the journey. I subsequently uh, left the radio show. I kept the TV show going for 13 years because when I started traveling, I could do the TV show. I could record them in advance mm -hmm. and schedule them for air. But the, the radio show was live and I, I couldn't keep up with that because I was traveling uh, all over the world uh, within a couple of years. So that was the beginning. How does sound therapy and sound medicine work? Like this lady who, who had the uh, the you know, the gangrene. How do, how does it work? Like this is this is, you know, this is unheard of. Well, that was kind of mind blowing for me too. Yeah. I mean, I can't even explain how it worked for her, other than the uh, harmonics of regenerative sound that she experienced. Normally, what I do with most clients is a diagnostic sound analysis to determine their personal frequency. That I learned through bioacoustics, and it's really the only thing I still do from my bioacoustic training is the sound analysis. Everything else I do, I kind of developed uh, on, on my own. But uh, when I do the diagnostic sound analysis, I chart out a person's frequency pattern. I can tell in about 30 or 40 minutes where they're strong and where they're weak, physically, mm -hmm. emotionally, vibrationally, because What's in the brain is also in your voice. Our, our brains are like the home office of our body. And our, huh. our signature frequency, you could set, call it, mm -hmm. your personal signature frequency is stored in the brain. And so if it's in your brain, it's likewise in your voice. And if it's missing or dormant in the brain, it'll also be missing or dormant in your voice. So that's the key to understanding and, and uh, getting people involved in, in uh, sound therapy. But uh, it's also kind of uh, related to the three hours of sound, which I could explain if you like. I, I'd love to. We've got about a minute before I have to go for my first commercial break. Um, why don't we? Why don't we hold off on that until we come back? But I, you know, you've done some amazing work uh, around the world, as you were stating. You even, uh, you even, uh, you know, had healing experiences uh, for all that were in attendance at sacred sites of Avery and Stonehenge in England and. Uh, the King's Chamber and the Great Pyramid of Giza in Egypt. Uh, these must have been something to behold. Yeah, it was exciting and uh, and very cool. Mm -hmm. I mean, there are other places too. I mean, there's vortexes in Sedona, Arizona that I right. work with, and people have invited me to different parts of the world and Bulgaria, Italy, and lately, the last couple of years, I've been spending a lot of time in uh, Taiwan and Hong Kong and Shanghai. The people there are so open-minded and open-hearted. They're really beautiful people, and they're under a communist dictatorship regime, where mm -hmm. I'm sure you know the yes. one-child rule in China is, is so terrible. And you know, interviewing these people and doing their sound analysis and helping them uh, transform their lives—it's just exciting for me. And and they're just so appreciative. You know, they bring me gifts and. They treat me like a king over there. It's, it's just so amazing. All right, Wayne, stand by. You and I have to take our first break. Explanation, Wayne Perry is our special guest. www.wayneperry.com. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. We're coming to you from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. If you'd like to get, uh, if you'd like to read the current edition of the X Chronicles newspaper, by the way, they are always with our compliments. Go to www.xchroniclesnewspaper.com. We'll be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away.
Welcome back, everyone. Before we get back to our guest, uh, Wayne Perry, just a reminder that the Exxon Broadcast Network is available 724-365 with our compliments. And some of the shows that we have for you are Healing Within with Patty Conklin, Cal's Corner with Cal Korf, Connecting with Coincidence with Dr. Bernie Beitman, Too Good to Be True with Justina and Peter Marsh, Mission Evolution with Gwilda Wiecka, um, let me see here. A different perspective with our good friend Kevin Randall, and um, imagine more success with Cindy Hendricks and Thomas Hydes. That's right on the Exxon Broadcast Network website, www.xzbn.net. Queen Perry's our guest. We're talking about sound healing and sound medicine this hour. His website is wayneperry.com. Wayne, before we went to the commercial break, you were just going to tell us uh, something very interesting. Uh, well, there's a lot of interesting things about sound therapy. We could probably talk for three or four hours wow. and not cover everything. But uh, let's see. I, I made the three hours, I That's think. That's right. I mentioned. Yeah. The three types of sound I've kind of categorized under, it's in my book, Sound Medicine, called the three R's because it's a, an easy way to kind of categorize and remember the types of sound to help Mm -hmm. people understand a little better. The first R or type of sound is relaxing sound. Now, relaxing sound is not really healing sound. A lot of people think that the more beautiful and ambiently uh, uh, relaxing and and pretty a sound is, the more healing it is, where it's uh, it's not at all. In fact, it's usually not a beautiful uh, ambient sound that's going to get rid of a tumor or some major chronic illness. Uh, but so relaxing, the purpose of relaxing sounds are to calm and soothe the body. And if you've ever had a uh, healing experience during relaxing sound, it would be wise to give your body the credit rather than the, the sound of the person creating the relaxing sound, because our body is like a self-healing mechanism if it's getting a, if it's given a sound environment all puns intended. Uh, so when we're in a sound environment, we, uh, the body can do its job of healing all sorts of things, but uh, it's difficult sometimes. So the body, when the body isn't uh, in the right environment, it starts kicking out you know, excess frequencies. So when I do a sound analysis, I notice there's three conditions people have. They have some frequencies that are good and healthy. Uh, this is the first. The second category is frequencies that are weak and need to be supported with brainwave entrainment, which I could talk about later. It's a very important principle in healing. Uh, and then the third condition is excess frequencies, where the body's trying to correct itself and it's not able to do so. So it starts kicking out too much of the wrong frequency. And then there's a backup or blocks in the body that kind of blocks the self-healing process. So those are the three things that I look at when I do a uh, diagnostic analysis is look for the the good, uh, strong sounds, the weak ones, and the excess blocked ones. Uh, But anyway, getting back to the three R's, so Mm -hmm. the relaxing sounds calm and soothe the body, but they're not really uh, healing. And I like to mention and digress particularly here because I don't know how it is in Canada, but in California, the last two years, we've been inundated with the sound bath fad. And when people that are just getting into sound healing, they they say, well, let's go to a sound bath or, you know, it's, there's all this uh, discussion about sound baths and they're not healthy. I spend a lot of time on social media and doing, uh, you know, uh, free presentations and webinars about the dangers of sound baths because everybody 
gravitates to them because they're easy. You don't have to sure. do anything. They tell you to bring a blanket and a pillow and lay down, and they, they play some gongs and crystal bowls and tuning forks or whatever they're using, different sound things, and they're not really healing. You know, They're relaxing, mm-hmm. but the problem with it, the reason that they're dangerous is because even though these facilitators of sound baths are well-intentioned, nice people that have good intentions, mm-hmm. but they're not certified sound therapists like I am, and they don't realize that if you give somebody the sound that they have an excess of in their brainwave pattern, you can exacerbate any physical or emotional uh, illness. You know, so if sound mm-hmm. has the power to heal, it also has the power to, to harm. Yeah, I, I was just so, going to ask you that. With all the... With all the data that we're being inundated with these days yeah. have you noticed an increase in in the type of negative uh, feelings and illnesses that people are are coming down with and can you as a professional sound medicine practitioner can you can you diagnose that a lot of the new illnesses that you're being that are being brought to your attention are actually because of the inundation of data sound and and other noise that are coming from you know, the handheld units that everybody has. Well, to some extent, yeah. I mean, it's it's hard at this point to know all the details, to be able to research it properly mm-hmm. and, and really uh, eke out some exact uh, understanding of it. But, you know, I mean, it goes way back. There's been research. I remember some years ago studying research that people that live within a five-mile radius of an international airport have a much higher incidence of heart disease this has been shown over and over again Mm. that uh uh and so of course people that work in the airports just like in certain factories they have ear you know earmuffs right ear ear, uh, devices uh uh, whatever you call them to block out some of the sounds so that they're not damaged so there's some of the obvious things like that but there's subtler things too there's even been some research about with people living near uh, bridges, the 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 uh, old, big, large uh, uh, cable bridges, that there there's like subsonic sounds that sometimes the human ear doesn't even hear a lot of sounds that can be damaging. We only hear from like 15 hertz mm-hmm. uh, or cycles per second up to about 20,000 hertz. That's the human hearing bandwidth, and most sounds are subsonic below that or ultrasonic above that. So, you know, human beings tend to take, uh, tend to believe in what they can see and what they can hear, but we don't see x-rays or ultraviolet light. And there's a lot of things we don't see and there's a lot of things we don't hear. So we have to be somewhat dependent on, on science and physics and the research that's out there. And so, uh, I try to explain some basic stuff for people. Uh, you don't have to be a physicist to understand things like, uh, brainwave entrainment and the uh, some of the things that I'm, I'm talking about, but I, I'd like to finish up with the three Oh, please, sounds, yes, I, yeah, arts. please do. Uh, so relaxing sound, the purpose of it is to calm and soothe the body. Mm-hmm. It's not healing. Like I said, if you feel that you had a healing, anyone, from a relaxing sound, it's not really the sound. It's they were in a, the, the right uh, space and time to uh, to pop, so to speak, to have the body do its job and and heal you. Uh, the second R, the second type of sound, is what I call release sounds. Now, release sounds are very different from relaxing sounds, where relaxing sounds are generally softer volume, 
and uh, kind of in a musical concept, rubato, meaning it flows, there's no rhythm or very little rhythm if there is rhythm. Uh, and where release sounds are more energetic, they're usually a bit louder. Uh, now, there's also sounds that are uh, that we create ourselves, and then there's sounds that we listen to. So uh, I'm talking about both, but you have to put it in the right context. When you go into a gym, for instance, to work out, if you're a member of a gym, you don't hear Yanni or Kitaro playing New Age music in there. You hear thump, thump, thump. Exactly. Another one bites of us. You know, you hear either rock music or dance music mm -hmm. because rock music and dance music moves the most energy in terms of being released sounds. That falls under the category release sounds. But what I work with primarily with people is the ultimate healing instrument which is the human voice. And oh. it's sitting right under our noses. And this is what I spend most of my time doing is trying to educate people to get over their fears around the voice, their blockages and fears around the fifth chakra that rules the human voice, and get, get over that to give them the confidence and the awareness that they have this tremendous healing tool, instrument, that just has to be developed, just takes like anything, it just takes a little practice. And we make release sounds every day. You know, we don't call it toning, but vocal toning, as I define it, is just moving energy with the human voice, using primarily vowel sounds, but not limited to vowel sounds. And that's all toning is. So in that context, we're toning when we moan and groan. We're toning when we yawn or sigh. Uh, the biggies are like laughing and crying. <laughs> we all know how great it feels after we have a good cry or after we have a good laugh. It's just, we just feel so much better because we've released a lot of uh, energy that's, that we've released from our body that could, uh, you know, could block some energy. And even though a cry might be sad, it could be a happy cry, it could be a sad cry, right. but even if it's a sad, grief-filled uh, cry, we still feel better afterwards. Uh, people will acknowledge, even though they're having a sad experience, mm -hmm. that you feel better afterwards and because you're releasing stuff. But again, release sounds aren't necessarily healing. It's your body that's doing the healing. But the, the release sounds set up the environment for healing. I mean, even the subtle things like when we raise our voice, we get excited emotionally and our voice goes up in volume. We've all had that experience. Sure. Because we're releasing, you know, you're, you're constantly releasing. It's kind of like food. You know, we take in food mm -hmm. and we release food. We eliminate food. And uh, it's the same thing with sound. We take in sound and we make sound. And so there's a lot of correlates that can be drawn with food and with sound and vocal toning. All right, uh, stand by. Stand by, please, Wayne. We have to take another commercial break for the news at the bottom of the hour. Exonation Wayne Perry is my guest this hour. We're talking about sound medicine www.wayneperry.com is his website, and we'll both be back after the news as we continue here in the X-Zone with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. I'll be back after this break with Wayne Perry. Don't go away.
Wayne Perry is our guest, Exo Nation. We're talking about sound medicine this hour here in the Exo. And if you'd like to find out more about Wayne and the great work he does, visit his website at wayneperry.com. You know, Wayne, uh, during the break I was and listening to you in the last segment, it makes a lot of sense because being a dad and a grandfather, we know the effect that our, our boys can have when a child is upset, how soothing we can we can be, or if the right. child is sick and so on. And I think that when we put it into that context, it makes perfect sense. Yeah, that in fact, one of the, in my weekend intensive workshop I've mm-hmm. got coming up on February 22nd and 23rd in Los Angeles, the very first exercise is Saturday morning of the workshop has to do with releasing toxic energy that we get uh, when we're when we're like little sponges. The first mm. five or six years of our life, we're the most open and most vulnerable, and that's when a lot of negativity sets in, and we take on a lot of the energy of our parents. And even if we had a good home life and our parents loved us, like many families do, you still. I mean, we're not perfect. We. I'm a dad, and I'm a grandfather sure. too. I have a grandson. And my, you know, my daughter is married and, you know, lives in the Midwest. And, you know, we did the best we can. I have a good relationship with my daughter. But even with when you're loving, we never got training in school on how to be the ideal parent. I mean, no. we didn't even get trained to be the ideal spouse, let alone parent. So, you know, there's a lot of that anger, shame, uh, blame, uh, lack of uh, self-esteem, a lot of stuff that we carry that we project into our kids. And people carry that energy uh, practically their whole life. And uh, it becomes a stumbling block to their healing. You have to kind of work through that. So I've discovered uh, you know, some methodology and exercises. The first exercise we do in my workshop is a very simple exercise that helps people to get past, get back to childhood and even their birth and release that energy that uh, most of it comes from the mother, which is no judgment of mothers. I love mothers. I mean, they bring life into the world and everything, but you know, we're not perfect human beings. We make mistakes. That's right. And, and so, you know, we, we take on this stuff. Most of it comes from the mother, then next the father, and then some comes from siblings and teachers. But by the time we're five or six years old, we start to armor ourselves and protect ourselves from things in the environment, people and sounds and energies and judgments and all this kind of stuff. We have a self-protective system that I think spirit or God kind of gives us. That's uh, but the first five or six years, uh, depending on the individual, it's you know it could vary a little bit. But those are the vulnerable years, like psychologists say, are like little sponges. And psychologists know, like when when parents uh, split up or get divorced. You know, children feel that they're the cause of it. They blame themselves. That's right. And yeah. This is commonly known in psychology. and But it goes a lot deeper than that. And so uh, to be able to heal some of those energies mm-hmm. and to help people to release some of the stuff from their childhood is one of many, many uh, uh, parts of the methodology I use to try to support people and to heal them and uh, help them to raise their frequency to better uh, health and wellness. So what is the what are the differences or are there differences between the 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 tonal um, therapy the music therapy uh, I I I, under, I understand the basics but what is the physiology behind it what is the psychology behind it what makes it work 
Uh, are you talking about sound therapy? Sound therapy, tonal therapy, yeah. Well, like for example, how does the how does a sound cure cure somebody from a sickness? Well, it establishes, it replaces energy. Well, you know, I was trying to give you the the kind of the foundation of it mm-hmm. is the three R's, and I got through two of the three R's, and maybe if I finish with the third R, it could give you a more comprehensive understanding and perhaps answer your question. If not, I'll definitely uh, answer the sure. question okay. if this doesn't. Sounds but, fair. You know, so I said the first sound types of sounds, first R is mm-hmm. relaxing sounds. Right. They, it's for calming and soothing the body. The second are release sounds. The purpose of release sounds is to cleanse the body. Just like we take a shower or a bath to cleanse the physical body, these release sounds that we make are kind of God's way of helping us clear this energy. You know, when we raise our voice, when we moan, we groan, we laugh, we cry, we sigh, we do all right. these things. Mm-hmm. It helps move the energy and, and keep the body moving. People aren't aware, you know, if you didn't make any sound, if you didn't have the capacity that we all have, the kind of God-given gift that we take for granted to make sound, if we didn't make those sounds, our bodies would literally, literally atrophy. We wouldn't even be able to move. It's all these natural uh, sounds that we're given and that we make that's part of our heritage and our design as a human being to make these sounds that keep us fluid and in motion and moving through life. And so these release sounds, again, are very important to cleanse the body and release blockages so that healing can occur. So that, that takes us to the third R, the third type of sound, which is the real healing sound. The third R is what I call regenerative sound. Regenerative sound has the power to actually heal. And what I talk in the chapter on my, in my book, Sound Medicine, there's about five characteristics of regenerative sound. In the interest of time, because we have a limited time space here, I just want to focus on the two most important ones. The first most important aspect of regenerative sound is harmonics, vocal harmonics or overtones. And so what that is, it's a vocal production of sound. And why I say the ultimate healing instrument is the human voice. That's the name of my first CD. I have 12 albums, 12 recordings that I've done over the last, uh, you know, 25 years. And the very first one is called The Ultimate Healing Instrument, colon, The Human Voice, because Mm -hmm. I believe it is the ultimate healing instrument. There is no instrument that has the power to heal like the human voice. Why? I mean, the short answer is because it's connected to spirit. There's no middleman. You don't need a guitar or a piano or a drum or a horn or a, a gong or a bowl or a fork or any of these devices, you can, uh, it's just connected with us, within us. But the trick is, is how to use it. Most people don't know how to use the voice, at least not in a therapeutic sense. Yeah, we know how to talk and we learn how to sing, some of us, and maybe chant, and that's about the extent of it. But the other, you know, purpose of the voice is to move energy and to heal. And it's not that complicated a process, uh, but the, the, the harmonics and overtones that I'm talking about, that's what people you know, have a little trouble understanding. It's, it's creating a fundamental tone with the voice. And the, the people that are musicians understand the overtone series because it's part of music training. You have a note that you play, let's say, on a piano, and then you play that note and other notes vibrate in, synth- uh, in sympathy with that note. That's the principle of resonance 
or other uh, other uh, uh, strings or chords on the piano or a guitar vibrate in sympathy with that original note. And that's why it's like you could look at those strings like people as well. You know, that if you're vibrating in, in sympathy, that's mm-hmm. why we, we go to concerts together. We have similar things that we like, and there's an energy that flows together when we're listening to a powerful concert or a speaker or a, uh, watching a movie. It's these things that we, we put our energy together into. And so the harmonics of sound is very similar. You have a fundamental note that you create, and then you can create an overtone a second tone on top of it. And then you can even learn to do a third tone on top of that. So it's multiple sounds. And and much like an opera singer like Caruso did could shatter a wine glass with his sustained high-frequency pitch, uh, what, what's going on there is it matches the frequency of the wine glass. And if it's sustained long enough, the wine glass begins to vibrate and shake and vibrate, and it'll eventually shatter. Uh, with and I've seen this done on on uh, public television, you know, on on TV. In fact, I saw last year or the year before, I saw them shatter a three brick, a three foot thick, ten feet tall brick wall with sound. You know, that was an amazing. Thing. Of course, they didn't do it with the human voice. They had a long, like fifteen foot horn, mm-hmm. and they hooked it up. You know, I don't know how they did it, wh- what was going on there, but I I watched it. And I watched the wall begin to vibrate and eventually shatter from the sound. And then after that, they showed some other things. I mean, that was mind-blowing enough. But then they showed how some police are even using sound. And they showed, like, a burglar running from a house. And they had this sound zap. They, like, Mm -hmm. zapped this guy and knocked him about three or four feet through the air. In fact, the U.S. military has weapons like that. Yeah. I mean, so there's all Mm -hmm. kinds of uses uh, for sound. I tend to, you know, avoid, I'm not looking at the, the destructive aspects of it, which may, you know, may be helpful or necessary in police work. Mm-hmm. I don't know, that's not my area of expertise. But uh, I just mention it because of the shattering of the wall with sound. And, you know, it also validates the shattering of the crystal wine glass that could be done with the voice. There was the Memorex commercial with Ella Fitzgerald shattering the glass. Now, I don't know if that was legitimate or if that was staged. I know Caruso could do it, and I've seen it done on public television. But the point, I've even seen levitation done on television, uh, levitating objects, marbles and things. And they say, you know, when I was in Egypt in 1997. All right, we're going to have to hold you off here because I do have to take my final break. Exonation, Wayne Perry's our guest, www.wayneperry.com. And when we come back, we'll be wrapping up this hour here in the Exxon from our broadcast center and studios in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. I'm Rob McConnell. We'll be right back after this break.
Wayne Perry is our special guest. We're talking about sound medicine this hour here in the X-Zone. His website is wayneperry.com. Uh, yeah, so you and I were talking about the power of sound, and uh, the U.S. military has has uh, used, uh, used uh, sound weaponry in the past. Uh, they use sound for psychological warfare, and law enforcement uses it as a non-lethal weapon. Right. So with everything that is going on, how can we best utilize the sound? And you were saying how the human voice is the best uh, best tool of all. So how can we how can we better understand that that our own voice is the best tool for sound medicine? Well, the first thing I recommend is for people to get a diagnostic brain voice sound analysis. It takes about 90 minutes to do it properly and I I chart out a person's personal signature frequency by hand while they're on the microphone and I'm charting out their, the octaves and frequencies in their voice and a pattern begins to emerge. Mm-hmm. And in about 30 minutes or so, I can tell where they're strong and where they're weak physically, emotionally, vibrationally, because it's reflecting what's in their brain. And right. so it's very accurate. And people always tell me, you know, how could you know that about me? Or that's right, I'm weak in digestion or mm-hmm. I'm weak in, in uh, some emotional aspect. So, I mean, it's very accurate. And that's half the battle right there, knowing your personal frequency, where you're strong, where you're weak. And then then there's just some simple things to do. Not only is it the most effective alternative holistic healing modality, it's probably the least expensive. You know, I mean, the, the diagnostic sound analysis is... 90 minutes is like less than $200. It's like $185 to do a, a sound analysis. And that's, you got it halfway done with that. Then the only other thing you need is some recordings, downloads, or CDs so that you can entrain the brain. Uh, and we don't have a time, I guess, for me to explain that process or brainwave entrainment, which is vitally important. And I didn't even finish explaining the third R of regenerative sound, which I can even demonstrate usually when I do radio or TV interviews. When I demonstrate regenerative sound, the, the, the phones ring off the hook because people don't realize it's just my voice. They think I've got some instrument. And if it's TV, they can see there's no instrument. It's well, why just don't you voice. give us a demonstration? Pardon me? Why don't you give us a demonstration? Okay, well, I'll do that. The one last thing I want to say before I demonstrate mm-hmm. this is there's, I said I'd talk about the two most important aspects of regenerative sound. The first is the harmonics and overtones, which is creating a fundamental frequency and then additional frequencies on top of that. So you're listening to two and three sounds simultaneously, which move a whole lot of energy. And just like the opera singer, like Crusoe, could shatter the crystal wine glass with a sustained high-frequency tone, the overtones and harmonics in the human voice can shatter subtle energy crystallizations in the body that cause pain, tension, stress, and lead to disease. So the second aspect of regenerative sound is giving the patient sound that they're deficient, that the sound analysis reveals is deficient. 
So that's how the healing takes place. You have to personalize it. These people doing sound baths are exploiting people. I'm trying to counteract the danger of sound baths because these people, you know, might be nice people and well-intentioned that doing sound baths all through California, but they're not sound therapists. They don't know what they're giving people. And they could be giving a person something that they have an, an excess of in their brainwave pattern and cause damage to them. And every week or two, I've got to rewire, uh, align somebody that went hmm. to a sound bath and got their frequency patterns screwed up. So the second important factor, regenerative sound, is applying sound that's specifically needed by that individual that the sound analysis reveals. So if you're weak and C-sharp or B-flat, you know, we have to give the, it's not music therapy, but we have to call those frequencies something. And we have a math, perfect mathematical formula in music. So that's the way to identify the frequency, that's all. And so by listening for a few minutes every day, that puts the sound back into the brainwave pattern so the body can heal itself. You know, we remember songs that we heard when we were children. You never forget those songs. Once the brain is entrained with entrainment, which mm -hmm. the key is repetition, uh, then that repetition plants it and we never forget that sound or that song. And so that's what we do with sound therapy because music is in healing. It's digitally produced. It's, it's, uh, you know, it's like a sonic stew. You can't isolate the frequencies. There's so much going on in a, any particular song. There's four notes in a chord, maybe four or five chords in a, in a song. So there's just too much going on. So we use those principles of repetition to isolate what frequencies somebody needs and then give them that. That's half of the sound therapy. They listen for a few minutes every day. They don't even have to stop what you're doing. You can listen to those tones while you're on the computer, driving your car, or eating breakfast. It doesn't even interrupt your day with, you know, sonic homework. That's the, uh, the first half of sound therapy. The second half does, is going to take a little time, and that's the toning, where I train people how to use their voice mm -hmm. to release sound, to release the blockages and excess sound uh, that's in the brainwave pattern. And that's it. That's sound therapy in a nutshell. Diagnostic analysis, listening is the, the food that goes into the body, listening to those harmonics. I have harmonic recordings and downloads that they can listen to that will put the healing sound into the brainwave pattern so the brain and the body can do its job it's natural job of healing itself. All right, we've got about we've got about release it with the voice. I've got about four. Release. We have about four minutes left. I'd like you to give us a demonstration. Okay, so I'll, I'll start demonstrating by showing the fundamental tone, which there's a fundamental tone in my speaking voice, mm -hmm. a singing voice. If I sang a note, I could go ah. Now that's a singing note, mm -hmm. but this is not singing or music therapy. It's sound therapy. So what we do is I can send that same sound I just did, whatever note that was, through my mouth, I could send it through my nose. And it sounds more muffled because it's coming through the nostrils. And it sounds like, mm, like humming, because my mouth's closed, the sound's coming through the nose. Same note, one th first through the mouth, then through the nose. Ah, or mm. Okay, that's the same note. Now, what I'm going to do to demonstrate it is I'm going to do the fundamental note through the nose. That's the single note or fundamental note then I'm going to bring another note through my mouth and that's the overtone that's the secret of overtoning and then I'm going to go back to one tone so you can hear the difference years ago I used to demonstrate this and I thought people were understanding it but they didn't have a reference point they didn't know what I was doing they could feel something but 
They didn't know what was going on. So now I kind of explain it a little bit. I'm going to start with one tone through the nose, and then I'm going to go to two tones. And then notice how you feel, especially when that second tone kicks in. Usually you can feel a, a little surge of energy when that second note comes in. Then I'll go back to one tone so you can hear the difference of just one tone and then two tones. I'll go back and forth between one and two tones. That sounds like this. You hear the difference between the one and the two yeah. frequencies? Mm -hmm. And could you feel any uplift of energy when that second uh, note kicked in? Nope. You didn't. Nope. Well, most people do, but some people don't. Uh, you have to kind of be in touch with your body, in touch with sound. It just takes a little listening practice, and you start to feel it. But anyway, that's the difference between one and two tones, which is overtoning. But now I'd like to demonstrate three and four tones simultaneously. Sure. This is what rings the phones off the hook, but people think that I'm using some kind of an instrument other than my voice. And this is what really... Uh, moves energy in the in the body and if you don't feel this well then you got some work to do with your focusing and your and your vibing with sound but you know it is what it is everybody's exactly where they're supposed to be in this now moment so i'm going to start with one tone i'm going to go into two and then three and four tones and i'm going to go up and down through the scales and see what you you know see what you hear see what you feel and i usually guide people through this in a certain way that we don't really have time to instead of just listening with their ears i tell them listen with your feelings with your skin with your gut with your whole body you know it's only going to take about 60 seconds or so mm -hmm. but if you just stay focused and receive the sound we have 60 seconds yes so it sounds like this We've got to say so long for tonight. I don't know, Exonation. Personally, I found that very annoying. I think we're going to have to take some pills. I'll be back on the other side of this commercial break as we continue here in the Exxon with yours truly, Rob McConnell, from our broadcast center and studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. No, we're in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. You'd think after, what, nearly five months, Craig, of being here in Niagara, I'd get it straight. But according to the people that we have on the show, it's normal. After doing the show in Hamilton for nearly 30 years, well, there you go. This is the Exxon. 
I am Rob McConnell from our studios and broadcast center in Niagara, Ontario, Canada. Don't go away.